Hello and welcome to episode 146 of Just Jets. What is going on? I am your host, Matt O'Leary. We have a lot to get into today. We're going to talk, unfortunately, about Jets lost in Minnesota. Uh, We're going to talk about this upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to talk about Mike White, answer your questions. Uh, But before all of that, a word from our sponsor, Tis the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. Yep, that's right. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clean your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for your holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to, hey, Nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using my promo code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure to pick up something nice for yourself for the holidays. All right, uh, voice is a little shot. I'm not feeling the best today. I've been fighting off like a cold all week. It's ugh, not fun. We're going to power through, though. Uh, we're going to do the best that we can today. I want to talk about Mike White, which is a very popular discussion topic, and for good reason. Um, Unfortunately, the Jets lost to the Minnesota Vikings, and I thought, you know, earlier in the week again, I did a video on it. I thought he played fine. I thought he was pretty good in this game. Uh, You have uh, some people who are very much so discrediting his performance, and then you have other people hyping it up uh, to this extent that I'm not personally ready to go to. But I thought he was pretty good and absolutely deserved to start the game this upcoming week against Buffalo. And he hasn't shown you a reason to take him out yet. So he's going to continue to play for this game, uh, for this team going forward. A lot of people, when looking at this Jets-Buffalo matchup coming up on Sunday, it's a big one. The main storyline is, oh, you know, the Jets got him the first time. And this time, you know, Buffalo is going to be seeking that revenge. Well, I want to throw a different angle at you. What about the Mike White revenge game against Buffalo? And you might be saying, but like, revenge? Revenge on what? He's played pretty well this year. What's he getting revenge for? Well, last year against the Buffalo Bills, we didn't see a whole lot of good. In fact, it was tough. 24 of 44, which is a 54.55 completion percentage, 251 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. That is a performance that Got him sent right back to the bench. Uh, Joe Flacco, I believe, started the next week. And then I think Zach Wilson was back after that, I want to say. Memory serves correctly. I think it was Miami. Well, the Buffalo game. Then I think Miami, where Flacco started. And then I think it was Zach against Houston, down in Houston. Uh, Again, uh, poor memory, but I think that's how the order in which it went. Nonetheless, a few things about this. Number one. Mike White looks different now than what he did last year. He also looks different now than what he did in the preseason. If you watched him during the preseason, he he didn't look very good. Uh, Streveler looked like the best quarterback on this roster uh, during the preseason. Uh, But I guess that goes to show you that, you know, that you shouldn't put too much stock into some of these preseason games. During the regular season, he's been very good. Mike White, and he's put up some pretty gaudy numbers against the Chicago Bears, a stellar performance, an absolutely stellar performance. And then again, against Minnesota, you know, threw for basically 370 yards. Yes, didn't have any touchdown passes, was picked off a couple of times, but the context of the interceptions matter. 
Uh, one was a tip, the other was on fourth down. So not going to crucify him for either of those. But this is this is going to be a, a game potentially for him that is going to get more people to buy in if he plays well and if the Jets win. Because these numbers the last two weeks have been really, really nice. There's Again, there's no taking away anything that Mike White has done against either the Minnesota Vikings or against the Chicago Bears. The offense has been significantly better. Or what you want to know, the next step in all of this, is can he do it against an elite defense like the Buffalo Bills? Because Buffalo, Minnesota, and Chicago are three very different defenses. And we'll see what's going to happen this week. I think he plays a lot better than what he did last year. Again, 24-44, 250 yards, no touchdowns, four picks. This is abysmal showing. The rosters are completely different. The Jets have a ton more weapons. I don't expect them to be down as big in this game, and I don't expect them to have to throw to get back into this game. I think it'll be a hard-fought game. But are we going to see the same confident guy? Because the last two weeks he's made a ton of big throws and he's made those throws because of the confidence that he's playing with right now. And that's what you want to see. And that's what I want to see this upcoming Sunday against uh, the Buffalo bills is if you're getting a confident version from your quarterback in this system, you're going to play really good football. And you're also going to need your run game, which kind of goes into our bills preview. We're not going to dive all the way in because tomorrow we do our full, you know, game breakdown There'll be more, you know, predictions and stuff like that in in that. But just an, uh, an overview on this game. In order to have any sort of success, I think you're going to need to be balanced on offense. And Bam Knights kind of just came out of nowhere here as an undrafted free agent. hasn't been active until the last two weeks, and he's been great. He was fantastic again last week against Minnesota, looking like their best running back out there. James Robinson really didn't do much um, this past week. And it was it was the Bam Night show, and I don't you know I don't anticipate Michael Carter being good to go. So I think you're going to get a lot of Bam Knight. and that's another guy in this offense who you know what can you see from him against a much tougher unit? So this year's been all about tests for this young football team, right? It's about growth and development on this young football team and seeing like how they are. And this past week against Minnesota, you saw that they could hang with a, t- a really good team. They've beaten Buffalo already, again, at home. But now, can Mike White put behind him his bad performance last year and continue on the trend that he has played the first two weeks of action for him this this season? Can Bam Knight, against an elite-level defense, prove to be an impact guy as a UDFA? And defensively, can you keep doing your thing? Because I think for the most part, the defense in this game was fine. There was... Some questionable penalties. There was uh, the the safety play wasn't very good. I'll give you that. But defense clamped it down in the second half. They were good. They were really good. And uh, against a a very damn good offense, it was a back and forth game again. Twenty seven twenty two game. You lose by five points. You had the ball in the end zone, and was dropped on a guy that never drops the football on Braxton Berrios. It's just. Sometimes you just shrug your shoulders, tip your cap, and say, all right, you got us this week. That's what it felt like in the Minnesota game. They got us. That's a good team. You don't want to discredit them. Like The other team gets paid, too. Um, 
there's going to be a ton of talk about Mike LaFleur, I'm sure, uh, which we'll save. We'll, I'll get into that, uh, you know, coming up later in, in the voicemail segment. But I'm excited to see what Mike White in particular does against the Buffalo Bills, a team he struggled against last year. But 2022 Mike White looks a lot different than 2021 Mike White. I can tell you that much. Speaking of that, his mojo stock is trending in the right direction. Mojo stock going up. Up 7.76% this week. Hey now, continuing to rise up. If you think he is going to rise, you can sign up for Mojo with my link down below in the description and uh, get in on the action. It's like a stock exchange for NFL athletes. They also have added college football players as well. And Mike White is still priced at a, at a relatively intriguing price point that if you want to get in on, and uh, ride this one for a long haul. There you go. I think that's what you could do. So anyway, thank you for hearing me out on the intro. Let's hear from you now and get into those voicemails. First up, Richard from Nevada. He wants to get into uh, the voicemails and into the red zone inefficiency. That was a big one from this past week. Let's do it. Hey, what's up, Matt? It's uh, Richard from Nevada once again. What up? Um, I'm calling right after this game was just played with the uh, with the Vikings and I gotta say one thing that I noticed. Sure. Mike White did really fantastic until he gets hit like went with the red zone. The red zone is just not something Mike White excels at, it seems like. So the yak that I was uh, you know, preaching for and talking about wanting to have happen was really good until they hit the red zone. Mike White obviously did have that one touchdown he ran in with, yep. but it's just not its not working with him in that end. So we have to really open the discussion now. Is it Zach Wilson that can do this? Is it Mike White that can do this? We might be taking Derek Carr. We might be taking Jer- uh, you know, Jimmy G. You got hurt? I don't know, dude. Anyway, the way that I look at this is that the Jets did fantastic when they weren't in the red zone. Yeah. And what that means for me right now is that I need a quarterback that can do it all. I think Zach's done pretty well in the in the red zone for pretty much what it's worth, so we'll see. Anyways, guys, Hit that like and subscribe button. Love y'all. Go Jets. Thank you so much for checking in with us, Richard. Um, yeah, it was a little frustrating, right, when you go one for six in the red zone and settle for so many field goals. They moved the ball really well, and there's going to be a lot of blame passed around for why they weren't able to convert. And you have a few different avenues. People are already throwing, um, you know, saying that, that it's, it's, it's on Mike White. Others are saying it's the play calling and Mike LaFleur. Um, you know, people are pointing to the Braxton drop and how you might not be having this conversation if Braxton Berrios catches the ball that he probably catches 99 times out of 100. I think all of those things really, um, there's probably some truth to all of it, but I think for me the biggest thing was uh, LaFleur in the red zone was getting a little cute for me. I think White was pretty efficient um, moving the ball up and down the field, and then he kind of... Again, it got a little cutesy, uh, and I didn't like the third down call specifically on the fade route to Garrett Wilson. It's silly. 
I don't think that makes any sense. That's a low percentage play. And then you go right back, and it's it's Braxton on fourth down, which is, okay, he probably is the one who comes up with the football, you know, like I said, 99 times out of 100, but it just doesn't hit. It's It was a frustrating one, man. I, and look, they are, they're obviously not pulling Mike White this week. I don't think they're going to do that unless something catastrophic happens um, where he has a major meltdown. But I think, look, he's, he's thrown a ton of yards for a ton of yards. They're one and one. Um, I think he's played pretty well since coming in. So they're going to continue to give him his chance. And until he proves otherwise, that's it. Constantine from Florida is calling in next. He wants to go talk about uh, Mike White and keeping the faith. All right, man, let's do it. Maddie, this is Constantine from Florida. What's up, man? Maddie, bro, I got to be honest with you. I got a, I got a whole range of emotions right now. Okay. I feel like that was a game we definitely could have won. Point blank, no doubt about it. But I got to say, I'm not so upset about it. I'm not going to sit there and trash Mike White because I think even though the kid didn't do anything spectacular, he didn't really turn the ball over until that last drive. So I'll give him credit for that. Our defense, world-class. World-class defense, no doubt about it. They're going to keep us in games. Even when the score was 20-6, to I was saying to my wife the whole time, hey, listen, we're not out of this. With this defense, we could be in any game. So I'm not going to sit here, and I'm not going to bash the kid. He came out. He did what he had to do. He missed a couple of passes. He missed a couple of reads. I'm not ready to jump back to Zach Wilson. I'm just not. I think Mike White has the ability to be a really good quarterback. He just might need a little more time. And I feel like as though if people just stay patient with him, it's going to pay off. Now, on the flip side of things, our defense is world-class. So no matter who's that quarterback, our defense is going to keep us in games. So Mike White's not the answer, and Zach Wilson is not the answer, then we're going to have to go to a veteran. We're going to have to go to somebody who understands the situations a little bit better because you can't say we didn't have opportunities to win this game. Our defense gave us a ton of opportunities. We're within the goal line, basically, to win the game. I don't know if that's a mixture of play calling and just the quarterback inexperience, but I do feel as though in the right situation, given the right quarterback, this game would have won. It would have been won by us. No ifs, ands, or buts. So I'm going to look at it optimistically. Sure. I understand what happened as far as the end of the game. He tried to make a play. He tried to squeeze that ball in. It got picked off. That was his first turnover the whole game. As far as the game plan was concerned, our running game wasn't so good in the first half. It picked up in the second half. This kid Knight is showing a lot of promise. I like him. I'm just going to basically say this. Don't panic. Let the defense keep doing what they're doing. Work with Mike White. Get the offense in sync. And if we make the playoffs, we're a very dangerous team. Yeah, I like how you ended off there. I think the Jets still have a really good shot to make the playoffs. Even, you know, they got some good luck. 
uh, with San Francisco beats Miami. Uh, the Chargers lose to the Raiders. They're, they're still the seven seed as of right now. Uh, and I agree with what a lot of what you were saying. I think if, as you say, Mike White, if Mike White's not the answer or if Zach Wilson's not the answer, I think it is a veteran that comes in here. Um, I think there's even a world where it's a Mike White and Zach Wilson quarterback competition next year. And I, I hear you if you're saying, well, just cut or trade Zach. After two years, why not? Why not just do that? You could, but the dead cap money is uh, not that appealing uh, if you were to do a move like that. Uh, I believe it would be close to $20 million in dead cap next year. I'll do the, the over the cap on it right now. Uh, trade, it would be, okay, not quite 20. It would be $11.5 million in dead cap. So you'd have to eat, you know, a couple million bucks there if you were to do that. And obviously that's you're paying someone eleven and a half million dollars now to be on your roster versus nine six to potentially be a starter or backup. I I don't know if Zach's out of the building in twenty twenty three. I think you have a pretty good shot for a, a White and Wilson quarterback competition over the summer. I think this is where that's going. <clears throat> but we'll see. I mean, hey, if, if Mike White goes out, throws for 303 touchdowns, and the Jets win over the Bills, then F it, man. Keep keep riding this white train. Let's do, thank you, Constantine, for calling in and keeping the positive faith. That's always an uh, important thing to do. We're going to go to Eric from Belgium. Let's go, man. Hey, it's Eric. I'm calling from Belgium. Hopefully this time we'll be on the show. I, uh, called, I don't know if I was on last time. I don't think so, but... Uh, what a bad loss, man. Like, uh, frustrating. I, Barrios should have had that ball, obviously. I, I don't know what to make of Mike White, if he's the future QB or not. I mean, I know we wouldn't have been in this game if Zach had been playing. Um, that much I do know. And I know everyone's like, oh, look at Tua, look at Josh Allen. You know, after their first two years, his stats aren't even close. Um, I don't see him ever becoming anything. You'd be a miracle, basically, if he does after the horrendous start he's had. So is Mike White the answer is my question. I mean, a long-term answer, I, I don't know. We should have won this game. I'd be shocked if we go into Buffalo and win. Um, I'm not saying we can't, but they look pretty darn good right now. But, man, we outplayed this Vikings team today, and we're a better team than they are. What frustrates me, man, is if we had Brees Hall, and I know, you know, the queen had balls, they'd be the king, but uh, <laughs> she'd be, you know, she'd be the king. But if we had Brees Hall, man, we would have beaten New England twice and probably would have won this game as well. It's just, man. It sucks. I don't know what to say. It's just, uh, I thought White played well. I really do. I just feel like there's something missing from this team, and I don't know what it, what it besides Brees Hall, like what it quite is. Um, what's your opinions on that? And if you think White... What's the future to be, or if we're going to address the situation in the offseason? Because, hey, it is. If I, what I've seen of Mike White, I'll take him over Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, over Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, uh, that's a different story. But, you know, Jimmy G is a game manager. So, uh, this franchise is heading in the right direction. I want to see them in the playoffs next year. They don't make it this year, that's for sure. All right, thank you. Yeah, well, well, what's this talking about next year? They're in a playoff spot right now. 
Come on, Eric from Belgium. They're in a playoff spot right now. Um, look, they in the offseason, they're going to explore quarterback, I would think, potentially as a, uh, a veteran quarterback. Um, I think linebacker and safety help and potentially an offensive tackle is where you go to look. They are hurt. They're missing. They're, they're doing this with their two best offensive players on the shelf in AVT and Brees Hall. And Gary Wilson's been a stud. And Elijah Moore's getting a little bit more involved, which is good. But they're not missing a whole lot. They lost a re, uh, they lost a tight game, one that came down to a fourth down end zone drop that would have won it for you. They were that close on a team that's nine and, or now ten and two. They're not missing a lot. This Jets team isn't really missing a lot. Ryan from Staten Island wants to talk Mike Lafleur. Oh boy, here we go, baby. Hey, Matt, Ryan from Staten Island here. So my question is, with this frustrating loss to the Vikings, can we now turn the conversation to Mike LaFleur potentially being the problem? And no. if not yet, when? Of course, there is an issue at quarterback, which has been discussed ad nauseum, but I feel like Mike LaFleur has been able to hide behind that. I mean, it's easy to pin the second loss against the Patriots entirely on Zach, but seriously? You're an NFL OC, and you can't manufacture more than a single field goal on 11 offensive drives. Uh, this is not 2019, where the Jets roster is completely void of talent, and the Patriots were lining up a historically good defense. Uh, I mean, we have plenty more weapons now than we did then. Uh, I, hell, I'm even, I think we even put up two touchdowns against them in one of those games. And today, we wasted nearly every opportunity to score a touchdown. Every single one. Fourth and goal with the game on the line, and you're not even going to put a running back in the backfield to maybe try and trip up the defense? Uh, it, it was a glaring issue today, basically the reason we lost, you know, amongst other things, but still. Uh, but this has been an issue for a while. Final drive against the Bills, we have to settle for a field goal. Uh, you look at last year's game against a crappy Jaguars team with a crappy defense, and there were two occasions in that game alone, one of which, you know, you had Zach, a miracle throw to offensive lineman Connor McDermott for a touchdown. And the other was Talking the very end of the game year? where we had to settle for a field goal and, and nearly cost us a win. I, this is clearly an issue with Mike LaFleur, and he is constantly getting bailed out by the defense. And even when he does get bailed out, he still doesn't capitalize on the opportunity. So, yeah, when can we start pointing the finger at him? Thanks. They had almost 500 yards of offense on Sunday. At 486 yards, you could be critical of some of his decisions in the red zone. I think he got too cute. If you want to say, hey, Matt, look, uh, I, I'm a little bit concerned with the play calling in the red zone. Um, I didn't like how they uh, would go empty or I didn't like um, the decision to uh, manufacture touches to Braxton over someone like Elijah Moore or Garrett Wilson. I could say, all right, that's a conversation that we could have, but. White threw for 369, and they had Donovan Knight go for 90 yards. They had 486 yards in the game. 486 the week before that against Dallas. Uh, not against Dallas. Against uh, Chicago. Wrong NFC team. I was looking at a picture of the Dallas Cowboys. They had, please hold. Give me total yard. 466. They've had over 450 yards of offense two weeks in a row. They scored 31 points in 22. They needed to convert more. Yes, they needed to convert. No one's going to say they're happy with the number of field goals that you get. And Michael LaFleur is not without any sort of criticism 
that's fine, but a, a problem. If they scored 10 points against the, a terrible defense, that's a problem. If they had, you know, 185 passing yards and, you know, 60 rushing yards or whatever, that's a problem. Almost 500 yards of offense. I, I think we're, that's a, a slight re And to pull last year's Jaguars game? I don't know. Will, he's calling in from Dallas. He wants to talk Mike White. Hey, Matt. Will from Dallas. I got cut off, so I'll try and be a little more concise. I want to have a 20-minute voicemail for you. But um, both Mike's were not good today, especially in the red zone. I mean, that was hard to watch them in the red zone. I don't know. Um, if you look at the stat sheet, sure, it looks like Mike White had a fine game, but I mean, the two picks are outliers. Both weren't really turnover. Well, one was turnover worthy, but he had to push it. I, I get the two picks. Um, but I, I just think it's time to move on from Mike White. And I'm not trying to be the negative Jets fan because I know there's a lot of negative Jets fans out there. A lot of you people really do think he's the next Tom Brady or whatever, but I don't know how you watch that game and think that there's there's any way we can keep moving forward with him because the Bears have a horrible defense and the Vikings have two solid pass rushers on the outside and I get that but all you have to do is bring three up the middle because Mike White I mean all Mike White can do is step up in the pocket that's it he can't move anywhere watching him try and scramble for that five yards that he got trying to get into the end zone that was like watching Brady try and move it's 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 unathletic it's hard to watch. And when you're playing with a taped up, scotch tape, duct tape, whatever you want to call it, offensive line, you got to have someone who can move. And I'm probably in the minority here, but I think it's time to bring Zach back. He looked great against Buffalo the last time. Um, and he's had two weeks to work on his fundamentals. But if you disagree, meet me in the middle here and let's go Chris Trevler this week. I've always <laughs> kind of scoffed at the fans that want, to, want Chris Trevler to start. But I, it's uh. hard to watch Mike White stand in the pocket and get knocked on his butt every single play because he can't move. You just got to have someone that can get out of the pocket and make a play because when you're bringing two, three up the middle and they're getting good pressure, there's nowhere for Mike White to go. He can't, he can't do anything. So, um, yeah, tough game. On to the next. I really hope we can beat Buffalo. I really don't want to go to seven and six, but let me know your thoughts. I'm really trying not to be negative here. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Let me know what you think. As always, go Jets. All right, I think I think that's a little harsh on on White, and I wouldn't classify myself as a Mike White guy per se. Um, but I, I think that uh, takeaway from his performance is a little bit on the harsh side. I'll I'll level with you this way. I think if you buy that Robert Sala and the Jets want to at some point go back to Zach Wilson. Your potential only way you can do that is if he, if Mike White struggles this week against Buffalo and the Jets lose the game. And I'd say, I think more likely than not, I think Mike White probably gets the rest of the regular season. I think he starts you know the rest of the way. We're just being honest and talking about you know the percentages of things how they are they going to happen. I think that's probably the most likely scenario. But if there is a scenario where Zach Wilson comes back, that would be the that would be the time to do it. I would think. When else? You know, wait on for the week after when you have a short week against uh, 
Who who is it after that? Uh, Jacksonville on Thursday night, and then okay, the following week on the road in Seattle, the second to last game of the year. Your window to bring Zach back because they already announced that Mike White's a starter, which I didn't think he did anything in that game to deserve to get benched over. But if you do want to go back to Zach, your real only opportunity would be if they lose this game and to do it, make the switch then. But I think I'd be surprised if they did it at that point. Peter's calling from Hudson Valley. He wants to get into white in the red zone. Hey, Matt. It's Peter from up in the Hudson Valley, upstate New York, calling in after the very close game with the Vikings today. Game the Jets had many opportunities to pull out in the second half and unfortunately couldn't get it done. Um, I'm the more optimistic kind of guy. I can see the one of the positives in the game, except for the fact that Mike White threw the ball more than 50 times and they couldn't really get a running game going most of this game. That really didn't help at all. I'm wondering why, with the fact that they brought in James Robinson and he's a uh, more of a bruising type back that in several fourth and goal situations or several goal line situations, they didn't wind up using him in the game. Maybe they've lost confidence in him already, even though he did play some. Uh, I just can't understand how they can't get, can get that close to the goal line and not use someone in that type of situation with, you know, Uzama or Conklin or both in front of him trying to get a block and trying to go in and just get that one yard needed to get in there and, and get a touchdown. Because even the wall that went off Barrios' hands, something, you know, before that could have broken differently. And one of those times when Zerline hit five field goals, and they could have won this game. They should have won this game. So I'm just wondering why they aren't using Robinson enough in those situations or if you have any opinion on that. And as always, go Jets. Yeah, thank you for calling in, as always, Peter, from the beautiful Hudson Valley. I love how you say that. Your voice is so calming, by the way. Uh, I don't know what you do, but if you ever did, like, audio books, <laughs> I would buy. I would leave, I would listen to you read the telephone book. Because I, I just love, it's very soothing. It's calming to me. Um, so thank you for calling in, Peter. That was that was almost ASMR-like, listening to that voicemail. But Robinson, in short yardage situations, their best option right now. And I don't think it's particularly close. Bam Knight, that's not what he's for. Ty Johnson, that's not what he's for. Even when Michael Carter is healthy, that's not what he's best at. Robinson's really good down by the goal line. You know, he showed it during his career in Jacksonville and maybe he's still banged up. My only that's my only rebuttal or only answer for you is maybe he still has a nagging injury because I'm shrugging. I'm saying I, I don't know. I don't know your I, I don't know what you could possibly uh what else you could possibly say on it. So anyway, let's do thank you, Peter, again for calling in, but it's that is a little puzzling. And the play, you're right. I mean a lot of people have hit it, but the the play calling down by the goal line, uh could be better. That is 100% right. We're going to go to Shane calling in from New Jersey. Uh, he wants to talk about Red Zone. All right, let's do it. Hey, Mr. Matt O'Leary. How are we doing today? Shane from Jersey giving you a call here. I kind of just wanted to touch on uh, Mike White's uh, performance and I guess the game as a whole. Sure. Um, I did actually just watch your video. You put out a really good video, kind of like, summing it up. And I, I think, man, you were kind of right on the money. Uh, I'm a little lost where people are saying it's like exceptional game. A lot of guys on Twitter are really kind of sucking them saying it's like the best thing I've ever seen. If 
Mike White is is, is solid. Uh, he's getting the job yeah. done right now for the most part, I guess you could say. Um, but kind of like to break it down, and like you said, 54% completion percentage, nothing really too hot at all, honestly. And then along with that, the yards is also – I'm not, like, jumping for joy because he threw it 57 times. Um, and also, the biggest thing to me is, and everybody's pissed about it, is, like, the red zone and the play calling. Uh, I think majority of it's for sure on, like, LaFleur, but I'd like to throw solid in there, too. You know, the head coach, man, get out your boy a bit. They fix these play calls. And also, too, like, dude, Mike White, we're down there six times throwing the ball, whatever, 57 some odd times. And, like, the only time – the only score – is because you're six four and he just cracked that QB. It was close. Like, that's like that's kind of on everybody and also also on on Mike White. Definitely majority on the floor, but I think that Mike's you know a little bit for that. Again, he played good. If I had to grade him, I'd give it like a, a B minus. Um, I I don't think it was like the most exceptional thing I've ever seen. Like some of these people are saying, big that fourth down throw, big time money. Love to see that. But um, if he hits court, uh. If he's Garrett, Garrett, that deep ball, man, that's that's a touchdown walk-in, like you said. And I know that's kind of something we pick at Mike White for is the deep ball and stuff. And you know what, man? He, he, starting quarterback in the NFL, I'd, I'd really like to see him hit that close, but no cigar. But, man, that, that would have been a touchdown to our boy Garrett there. Absolute star, by the way. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, B-minus on Mike White, not as as thrilled as everybody else is. I, I really wanted to win that game, dude. That, we had that. We really did. Uh, but you know what are you gonna do? And yeah, I just am I am I crazy for not really gassing up Mike White that much? Do you think I'm kind of right? Uh, what do you got, my man? All righty, love the show. Talk to you later. Be good. Bye. Appreciate it, Shane. Yeah, uh, for me personally, I, I think you nailed a lot of it. Um, there were uh, there's a lot of things for, to point to on that game where it's like I liked, for instance, the fourth down throw to Corey Davis after taking a massive hit on third down standing in the pocket and delivering an absolute strike. That ball could not have been walked to a better spot. And Corey Davis doing a good job boxing out the defender, you know, behind him and catching the ball. That was awesome. That was fantastic. But then there are a couple of little things that you could point out and say, oh, well, you could do a little bit better. This, this B, B minus, I, I would say a, I would say a B. I would give, uh, he was an A plus against uh, the Bears. And I would say a B against uh, the Vikings. He was solid. I think I think you use that word in your voicemail, solid. And that's the perfect way to describe it. I don't know. I want to see I'm intrigued. I want to see more. Show me against Buffalo. If he exercises those demons, we've talked about it with New England. The Jets haven't been able to do it, but maybe Mike White's the guy who can exercise his own personal demons against uh against the Buffalo Bills, who he threw four picks against last year. Different team, different guy. He looks different than what he did at that point, but um I'm with you there. Let's close out with James calling in. He wants to talk more Mike White. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's James from I'm calling in, long-time listener of the podcast. Thank you, man. Um, I just wanted to give a quick talk, uh, you know, my thoughts on, on Mike White right now. I mean, I'm sure that's what everyone's going to be talking about this week, but I've seen a lot of takes, especially, like, after some of these games online and on Twitter and People are being critical of a misthrow here or, you know, a bad decision there. And I'm just, as Jets fans, I mean, why are we being critical of that? Like, we have had, I mean, look, I'm 26. Like, I'm, I'm too I'm too young to remember, really, like, those early good years. Pennington had two great years. Mark Sanchez, you know, was a great team around him before that came off the rails. And then it's been a carousel since then for the last decade. 
Yeah. And we watched, you know, Zach Wilson this year not be able to really, like, complete passes downfield. You know, terrible stat line, but we're celebrating games where he's passing for 150 yards because he didn't make a big mistake being carried by the team around him. And we got Mike White coming in here, you know, on the road against the second-best team based on their record in the NFL, and he's passing for 360 yards, you know? Yeah, he didn't get the touchdown pass. I mean, Barrios, you know, could have held on. I mean, he, he almost had Garrett Wilson on a deep ball. They're, they're mistakes, you know? But I just don't think we're in a position to be complaining about a couple missed throws here and there when, you know, what we've had in the past has been far worse than that. So that just doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I think Mike White gets the rest of the season at this point. Like, I don't think he should be benched if he has a bad game in Buffalo next week or this upcoming weekend. You know, I don't think he should be benched. I think this team, he, the, the offense is moving like we haven't seen them move the ball all year long. This team clearly is more of an offensive threat with White on the field. Um, the talent's there. The defense is there. You know, if we're going to have a shot to play off, I think it comes with, with Mike White, not Zach Wilson right now. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't see why people are talking about, you know, potentially going back to Zach because, you know, White missed a few throws or had a lower completion percentage than in his previous game. You know, let's let the guy ride and see what he has. I mean, he, he could be the guy for all we know. Also, Sam Knight should be RB3 next year yes. with Bree uh, with Michael Carter. No doubt about that. Thank um, you. Anyway, yeah. Have a good one. Thank you. Absolutely, man. And yeah, they didn't, they're didn't. they not going to pull him this week, nor did I think that they should pull him uh, for his performance against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, for me, it was, um, as I said, I thought he was solid. And <clears throat> we'll see, we'll see what he does against Buffalo, man. It, it's that's a very very tough team, and he will get a lot more people on his side. I can tell you that much. If he goes up to Buffalo and puts out a stellar performance, and the Jets go out and win the football game, and then improve to at that point eight and five, that's big. Sweeping the Buffalo Bills doesn't happen. If they lose, you'll hear some more of those conversations creep in. I don't know if they'll actually do it. I would think probably not. I would think Mike White more than likely is going to play the rest of the way. But it's going to be an interesting one to watch. That's for sure. Thank you so much for hanging with me, guys. A little bit of a shorter episode. Like I said, a little bit under the weather. So wanted to get something out uh, for you guys. Appreciate you hanging with me. Uh, Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show, whether it's here on YouTube or if you're listening in audio form, that works as well. Also, the Jet Report, Monday to Thursday, live stream 2 p.m. on YouTube. That's also available in audio form as well after the fact, if that tickles your fancy. Thank you so much. I'm Matt. I'll talk to you next time.